Well, hello. Hi, it's uh, Steve Cochran, and this is live from my office. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, also, thanks to David Hochberg and the great people at Team Hochberg, our presenting sponsor, and the fine people at Apt Electronics. Here's what I'm going to do for you. Um, Steve Shapiro and the Brothers Apt have given me a whole bunch of Apt gift cards to give away. I will send one to you if you send something to me. We're trying to build this audience as fast as we can to an even greater detail than the great support we've received already, thanks to people like you. So you send me an email to thecochranshow at gmail.com. Give me the names of three of your friends and their email addresses. I'll drop them a link to the podcast and an invite to listen. And you include your mailing address, and I'm going to drop an apt gift card in the mail for you for helping us out. It's that simple. Again, it's thecochranshow at gmail.com. We have a new police superintendent in Chicago. I think you know that. His name is David Brown. He came from the Dallas Police Department most recently. He uh, went through a nightmare there when five of his own officers were shot and killed. He is a guy that has tried to increase the peace through community support. And he came here at about the roughest time you possibly could. We're going to talk to him about all of that, where it goes from here. Is the city of Chicago safe? And what about the cops? Because there's two sides to every story. And we'll get the side from Superintendent David Brown when we come back. This is live from my office. Thanks for being here. I'm Steve Cochran, and we're back after this. It is always uh, a a great deal of thanks that we owe to David Hochberg and Team Hochberg for uh, being the primary sponsors, the presenting sponsors of live from my office. Mr. Hochberg joins me now. Hello, David. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm doing fine, and I understand you're busier than ever. Yeah, it's uh, rates are still at record lows and it's bananas yeah it's crazy yeah it is really is bananas we just quoted 75 year old couple in indiana we did a cash out refinance cleaned up all their debt paid off like 40 50 grand worth of debt six seven months ago and they're at the point where they're able to refinance them again you have to wait 180 days before you can refinance them their credit scores are up 80 points and we're going to save them another $250 a month. They elected to roll their costs in and we got them a rate of like 3%. So on a 30, it's, it's insane. That's bananas. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's great. It's great that our, our all, all, all the listeners are able to take advantage of these low rates because the two quickest ways to get money back in the economy, Steve, number one, federal government dropping money right into your checking account. It's yep. not faster than that. And number two, lowering interest rates and, and allowing homeowners and real and, and property owners to drop their interest rates down because that's a long-term effect, right? That's every month. So yeah, hopefully this will, all this money that everybody's saving and all the debt everybody's paying off will get back into the economy where get the economy going again and get some people back to work. All right, David Hochberg. Great talking to you as always. And again, it's Team Hochberg and it's 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. The title sponsor of this live from my office. This is live from my office and Superintendent David Brown joins us from the Chicago Police Department. Sir, it's an honor to have you on. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for having me. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I think about you, uh, you. You took this job in the spring. COVID's just hitting. We don't know about the George Floyd nightmare and everything that's gone on. I, I, listen, nothing but salutes that uh, you're able to continue in this because if I have your job, I would have a little buyer's remorse right now. 
Well, I could just tell you, don't don't go to Vegas with me and bet any money because you'd lose it all. <laughs> it's not it's not the new job you plan and hope for. But I could just tell you this, Steve, with all seriousness, uh, this profession is a noble profession, uh, and it's filled with men and women who are dedicated, committed, brave, and courageous. So, uh, no second uh, thoughts or regrets from me. This this is I'm proud to be associated with this department. This is a fine department. We have our work cut out for us, but we're up for the task. You know, we've talked a lot about, uh, and by the way, we should be talking a lot about this. We've talked a lot about the inequities in society and the fact that people have not had a fair shot and the, and the racism that, that is, this, it is endemic. It's got to stop. All of it's got to stop. But we haven't talked much about what it's like to be a cop every day. And the, the equation is so upside down. Now, I wonder if you could talk about that for a second, because I get concerned about the morale of cops and the wonder about getting up every day and doing it because you better have a calling to it, especially in 2020. Yeah. And then let me just add more, even more context to it. You know, I know we're on radio and you can't see me, but I'm, I'm a African-American male. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I hate the most is being stereotyped. And that's the sentiment that cops feel right now is that whatever happens at say in Wisconsin or in New York or wherever, uh, or, or even here in Chicago, every cop gets painted with that broad brush right. and stereotype when the vast majority of cops do the job the right way. We all should be proud of them and encouraging them. And, and, and that's the concern is keeping cops encouraged. And I know I've talked to you about this off the air, but I, I would just say to the silent majority that I believe really support cops, uh, we really uh, employ you to speak up more and let cops hear your support because it is the most difficult time to police in this country. How do you uh, send guys out, and, and men and women, obviously, uh, to do the great job they're asked to do um, when everybody's got a phone with a camera and everybody's got right. editing software and you could do a completely by-the-books arrest that gets a little rough at some point, and I'm not diminishing it at all, but at that right. point, the only thing that gets on Facebook and Twitter and, and Instagram and everywhere else is something looking like a cop is beating the hell out of a black kid. I, I, I don't know how you fight that. Well, one of the things that I like to start with when we discuss the, this area of policing, you know, the physicality of policing, basically, is, of course, we've got to do the job the right way. We, we've, we've got to be near perfect. Uh, and, and we know that that's something that's a challenge for us mere mortals. We're human, and we are flawed. Uh, but I, uh, again, you know, not many people volunteer to go down, go down dark alleys while we sleep to protect us Amen. from criminals who would hurt us. And so while we have uh, both sides of this coin where we got to do jobs right way, we got to reform ourselves as well, uh, while at the same time, we've got to protect the public without question from criminals who would otherwise harm us, except for police officers, men and women standing in the gap and, and allowing us to uh, work, play and enjoy this, this democracy that we all appreciate. You know, um, every facet, <clears throat> pardon me, every, every bit of business has good people and bad people. We know that. Um, but uh, th- there's racist insurance folks. There's racist people on the radio. There's racist people here and there. Those are the smallest of the minorities. What do you look at when you look at the Chicago Police Department and policing as a whole around this country? Because I've said forever, the really small amount of bad apples are ruining the whole bunch or whatever my grandfather would have said. Uh, am I wrong about that? No, you're not. Actually, I step, I take steps further back on this discussion uh, coming out of the George Floyd incident, which was horrible. It, it, it was uh, not policing. 
Uh, it was not how you treat anyone. Uh, but just look at that and what's happened. The police have been the focus of protests. While if you listen closely, this is more about an unsettled race discussion in this country. Right. Uh, you know, policing is layered underneath this scab of race that we are all uncomfortable to talk about in social settings. We all shy away from this hard discussion. And I don't know that we can look away any further. Uh, and policing is just caught in the middle uh, with, you know, not only this debate from uh, the original sin of this country going back to slavery, right. but things coming out of the civil rights movement, things coming out of Jim Crow, things coming out of uh, affirmative action, all these very complex, very hard discussions just haven't been had. And it's, it's damn well time to have it and get police out of the middle of it so we can do our jobs in the right way, uh, respecting people and treating everyone uh, with that measured level that everyone deserves of respect. You know, you went through an absolute nightmare as police chief of Dallas in 2016 when five of your guys were killed by a yes. lunatic with a gun. And you took steps that you had to take to end that. And there were people that were upset about those steps that were taken. But you have been a guy throughout your career, and I've done the background on this, that have tried to improve community relations. Now, you know, I've, yes. been, in, I've been in Chicago for a long time. And that is something that is desperately needed. So how do you do that in the situation you're in now? How do you increase the peace by increasing the trust between the people on the street and police? I think the interactions between police and young people is the pathway to building respect. And why I say that is everyone appreciates something you do for their child, uh, no, no matter what your yep. socioeconomic race, ethnicity is. Everyone appreciates uh, an effort to mentor, to guide a child in the right decision-making. And so and, and our, every child needs a, a positive role model. And if policing can create positive interactions with young people, and the younger the better, you know, it's not too young at six or seven or eight years old to begin these interactions with police, whether that's through sports or, or arts or just mentoring programs, through cadet programs, explorer programs, uh, we need to really push a larger effort to interact. And that's my plan here is to focus, especially where we have high crime, to interact with young people, uh, big brothers, big sisters. Uh, I mean, every program you could think of, Police Athletic League, we need to really push our interactions in a positive way. I know it doesn't sound or look like policing, but it is policing to interact with young people, to build those strong relationships with the community. You know, a young person brings their mother, father, aunts, uncles, cousins to the table in a positive setting with police. And so we need to push those interactions. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you said that too, because uh, I have never, I've known a lot of cops in my life and I've never met a cop who said, I can't wait to get up tomorrow and go have a fight with somebody, to go have no. an ugly arrest, to go do this, to go do that. A great day for a cop is going home safe to his or her family and right. to say, I met a kid today you wouldn't believe. This kid is going to be something else. He's in the neighborhoods right. and he's great. That's a good right. day for a cop. It really is. And really, you think about fights. I mean, a fight with a cop is a life and death issue because we have this gun on our hip. Right. And so you can't, you, you can't lose a fight because you can't lose your gun. Right. If you lose your gun, you might lose your life. Right. And so we, we, at all costs, try to de-escalate every circumstance we get in. 
fighting people is a last resort using using our gun is at a very last resort because again who knows how that might turn out we could end up losing our life and not you know be able to raise our families or be there to support our our family so it it is not something a cop wakes up in the morning wanting to do because who who knows the outcome of a of a physical interaction with a person cops could very well lose those fights um, everybody thinks they have the answer because they see it on video now. And I'm talking about both sides of the argument. Um, what you see on Facebook or Twitter or what somebody shot on their phone is not the full story. That's a battle right. for you guys as well because you have laws you have to live with within. When there's an investigation yep. that has to go on, those things don't happen overnight. But people want instant answers. Is the police right. community at large talking about how to deal with that? I think one of the things we can emphasize, especially you know this point of uh, rushing to judgment, uh, when you see a video clip or you hear about an incident on whether the cop was right or wrong or whether uh, this was unjust or whether this was uh, a murder, uh, is put yourself in that situation. And do you want the law to be applied to you fairly and honestly? I, that is the complaint here, is that our criminal justice system is not fair uh, to people of color. But you don't correct that by being unfair uh, to cops in those interactions. I think striking the right balance, of course, while recognizing we have some systems that are unfair to to certain groups of people that we can improve without being unfair to correct it. So that's just uh, treating people the way you want to be treated, what our mothers taught us. Yeah, isn't it funny how it all goes back to that book, Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten, if we just remember... Right? That is correct. Just remembered some it of those is. lessons. That's it. That's our, mo- it. our moms were very smart people yeah. in the way we would just listen today to our moms. I think we all would be better off. Yeah, and I don't want to generalize either, but let me speak to that for a second because one of the things that's made me cry, I love this city. This became my adopted hometown you know, back in 94. I've been here for 25 years, and uh, uh, you know how great Chicago is even in the short amount of time that you've been here. Um, yeah, I love it. And you look, at, you look at the west side where so much pain has happened. And it's easy for a lot of folks in the suburbs. And, you know, these are folks I live with, uh, folks that live around me, folks that I love in this neighborhood that I live in, who can go, wow, isn't that a shame? Wow, wouldn't it be great if we could do something about that? Well, here's the thing. You can by speaking to the cops, as you mentioned. But I also feel for those moms in those neighborhoods and those families in those neighborhoods. Because, again, we talked about the small percentage of cops that are trouble. There's a tiny percentage of people in those neighborhoods that are trouble. It's little gang-banging creeps who are going neighborhood block to neighborhood block. The rest of those people just want a normal life. That's right. That's right. And I I would offer this as as a suggestion of how you could help. I mean, particularly if you're a person of faith and and your church has any kind of, uh, you know, mission or or, – where you go into the, these communities and you help mentor these young people, uh, help tutor, you know, anything you can do to reach out across uh, the geography of this city from the suburbs to the inner city to offer or extend a kind hand would bode very well. These people feel forgotten. They feel hopeless. Any extension of kindness, I think, would go a long way in, in, in filling the gap uh, of this this hopelessness this feeling that no one cares and so that's what you can do show you care be kind and, and jobs you know and it's not just summer yeah. we talk about jobs in the summertime it's jobs anytime yeah. you know it really if we, is. If we could get the politicians to get an infrastructure situation going on we need it in chicago we need it everywhere that's instant jobs filling an instant need 
and it's just one idea because the politicians in this this game around the country haven't helped a whole lot how would you uh, I, I don't know grade is the right word but how's your relationship with mayor lightfoot uh, really good. I, I, the federal prosecutor side of Mayor Lightfoot attracted me to this job, and I've been impressed uh, that she hadn't signed on to the defund the police movement. She's been staunch against defunding the police. Uh, she obviously is the mayor of the whole city and has many various constituencies that she has to speak to, but I've really been impressed by her pushing back against the defund the police movement. So that's impressive. And she's very supportive on the prosecution prosecution side of criminals uh, and our efforts to try to get uh, violent criminals uh, better consequences in the criminal justice system where they serve more time, where they're not bailed and bonded out, especially murderers and robbers. I mean, you just can't live in a world where murderers get put on ankle monitoring. So uh, the mayor has been very supportive in all those avenues. So, you know, so far, uh, the mayor and I have been on the same page. I've been impressed. It, it's what attracted me to apply for this job, and uh, we're pushing the ball up a hill. We've, we've been uh, really, really aggressive at doing our job the right way, enforcing the law. And this defund the police thing, again, these are my words, not yours, is just dumb. I, I'm sorry, but, uh, you, you know, you talk about defund the police. It's this blanket term that's now taken over, and words like community policing are thrown out. Well, God bless you, but if you think you yeah. can do the job, that extensive training and years of experience takes to take on people who are in the worst uh, states of their life for a number of reasons. Uh, I'd like to see it happen and see it successfully when it's right. not on a TV show. It's a career right. and it's a skill. It's not something where you go, okay, now we're going to take it over in the community. That's crazy. Right. And I would say, you know, exhibit A is uh, Portland and Seattle. Right. Is that what we want in our cities? This total anarchy and chaos. Uh, that's 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 just not America. That that's that's not the country any of us uh, ha, ha, expect to to live in. So I would say defund the police. Maybe that's a discussion you want to have, whatever it means. But replace it with what should be uh, the more prominent part of the, the debate. What what are you replacing police officers with? And and does that mean we other cities are like Portland? And, and so and, 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 I I. I, I opt out. <laughs> yeah. Portland, I do. Well, and here's the thing. If you believe in that uh, point of discussion that we just had, uh, you got an election day coming up on November 3rd and wherever you're listening around the country, think about that before you vote for somebody. Think about where they stand, not to just have an easy political answer to prove to a few people that maybe they're on their side, but people who really believe in the conviction that cops matter and great policing matters and get behind it. Yep. Yep. My sentiments exactly. What I like about professional law enforcement is that uh, we just do the job and then we let the chips fall where they may and we'll let residents of this uh, city uh, be the judge. So we're going to fast run out of time here and I know how busy you are and again I really appreciate it but let's talk about a couple things real quick here. Um, uh, The national uh, story of Chicago for too long has been uh, it's incredibly dangerous city people are being shot in the streets you can't go there Uh, the president's made this way worse um, and then after George Floyd and after what happened a couple of weeks ago, we saw what happened on Michigan Avenue, which obviously is a focal point for the city. Is downtown Chicago a safe place to be? It is a safe place to be. And it is where we have put our stake in the ground, not only in our downtown, but also in our neighborhoods to say enough that, that we're going to enforce the law and that we don't want to live in a city where rioting and looting, particularly violence, associated with 
supposed First Amendment protest rights is acceptable. We, we just have put our stake in the ground and we're going to be firm in enforcing the law. We're going to ensure to protect uh, our beautiful city, both our downtown and our neighborhood. The, Without question. The, we don't apologize for it. And, and, and you shouldn't. Um, the situation that happened on that night where a Facebook thing blew up after a, a bunch of lies went up on Facebook and things got out of hand very quickly. Um, explain again to people, if you don't mind, why it went down for as long as it went down and what your cops had to do to protect this, that what they could protect and protect themselves. Right. So, uh, there was a shooting in our Inglewood neighborhood, which is on the South side of Chicago, uh, revolving a, involving a, uh, suspect who shot at a, a Chicago police officer, Chicago police officer returned fire, wounding the suspect. Uh, and the suspect is doing okay in the hospital and being charged with uh, shooting at the police officer. Uh, soon thereafter, uh, false rumors spread that the officer had shot an unarmed uh, 15-year-old, which was completely false. This, this young man was 20-something years old uh, with, with a criminal history and had a gun and shot at us. We recovered, recovered the gun. So the rumor was false. It stirred up the neighborhood thinking that this was true. Soon thereafter, uh, there was a social media posting of let's go loot downtown and caravans of cars uh, within 15 minutes all headed toward downtown. We had a contingent of officers that were downtown prepared to deal with the looters. And we sent an, an additional 700 officers downtown to deal with the looters. Once we got this social media post, we arrested over a hundred looters uh, since the looting. We've filed felony charges on some of that hundred and, We've identified through a task force we put together to look at every video from cameras downtown to identify looters. And every day we solve uh, another looting uh, suspect and get them brought to justice. And so if you escaped, we're, we're coming after you. We're going to identify you and we're going to bring you to, to justice and we're going to be relentless in making sure every looter has criminal charges filed on them and are brought to justice. And, and that's the upside of the cameras. Now, the, this is where we need this community involvement that you spoke about uh, and also spoke about at a press conference. You said, look, I'm the only one standing up here. Any people up here with me are going to do the same thing. Yes. So yes. this no snitch policy, which I feel like has gotten better over the years, maybe until this summer, um, p people can call an anonymous tip in. People can say, hey, I know that picture of that person. They don't have to put yes. themselves in harm's way, right? Yes, you can. Go to our website or you can go to our tip line, Chicago PD, uh, tip dot, dot org, uh, dot com, sorry, dot com, and give an anonymous tip. Uh, people have come forward more this uh, in the recent weeks uh, to solve not only murders, but to also identify looters on our website. Uh, so it's encouraging, uh, better late than never, uh, but we need to continue to bring every person that looted. Uh, to, to justice because that is going to discourage uh, future uh, looting or people that think they can get away with it, that this, this idea I can loot and get away with it uh, needs to go away. We, we need to hold everyone accountable, not just the 100 people that we arrested, but others who escaped that night uh, that are caught on camera. And again, election day is coming up. We need criminal justice reform, as you said, to make sure we're not turning crooks back out in the street the next day. We need cooperation right. with Indiana to stop running guns over the border. Uh, we yes. need help from other people. 
as well. But, you know, look, I, you and I are about the same age. You're an African-American. I'm a, a white guy, and um, we agree on a lot of things just based on this conversation. Yeah. So it's yeah, not about see, color. I guess you're just my brother from another mother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, man? It's not about what yes. color you are. I grew up with a bunch of poor white folks. They don't have any right to go and take somebody else's stuff, anything more than a bunch of black folks from the West Side do. You can't There's some steal, universal truths. You can't That's right. steal other people's things. Let's start right. there. And two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, exactly it, right. As wrong as uh, any issue you're identifying, Doing wrong to correct that is not the appropriate step yep. to take. It's yep. just not. Two wrongs never made a right. You know, an eye for an eye makes us both blind. So let's let's convene around things we agree on and improve the system in a way that respects both sides. Appreciate very much the time because again, I know how busy you are. I hope we can do it again. But uh, stay safe. Uh, we're, we're, uh, pray for your people every day, and and thanks for being Thank you, out Steve. there. I appreciate it, Steve. Thank you. Take care. It is always uh, a, a great deal of thanks that we owe to David Hockberg and Team Hockberg for uh, being the primary sponsors, the presenting sponsors of Live from My Office. Mr. Hockberg joins me now. Hello, David. Hey, Steve. How are you? By the way, we'll remind you uh, whenever we talk to Mr. Hockberg. It's easy to get a hold of him. All you got to do is uh, pick up the phone and call 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. When you're going to be applying for a mortgage, right? And this is so huge, right? I, I sold my house. I'm going to be applying for a mortgage on our new house. Pay down all of your debt at least 60 days before your debt is due down down to zero as best you can. Like I had a line of credit even against my house. I had, I had some money out against it. I knew I was going to pay it off, but I knew I was going to be applying for this mortgage on my other house. So I used, I started paying down my line of credit and paying off my credit cards. As I was making charges, I would go on every Friday, knock them down. I would just, I, I'd be a month ahead because I'm on American Express and it's like a, a 60 day cycle. I would constantly be paying, paying, be paying, be paying down my credit cards to keep the balances low, to keep the credit utilization high because the higher the credit utilization by keeping your balances low, the higher the credit score. So the one thing that if I could leave all your listeners with is whenever you're applying for any type of credit, car loan, installment loan, mortgage, get that credit down as much as you can before applying for a loan. All right, David Hochberg, great talking to you as always. And again, it's Team Hochberg, and it's 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com, the title sponsor of this live from my office. On every episode of Live from My Office, we always mention a charitable organization that I think is really great and somebody I hope you'll support. And the other day, maybe even the last episode, I can't remember now, but we were talking about the Evans Scholars Foundation. This is caddying with a cause. Learning how to caddy, greatest job you can possibly have. You're outdoors, you're getting exercise, you're learning how to talk to grown-ups. If you keep your grades up and you're a good caddy, you could end up having college paid for. Completely. My friend, Dr. Kevin Most, a regular guest on Live from My Office. He, in fact, is an Evans Scholar, and he will be at the BMW Championship at Olympia Fields this week. None of us can be there, obviously, because of coronavirus, but he'll be there as the PGA's tour doctor this week. Um, and he, as I said, is an Evans Scholar Foundation 
winner of a scholarship that paid for school. He never would have been able to become a doctor without their help. And his brother, Brad Most, also fabulous guy, and a terrific caddy as a kid, he earned a scholarship as well that allowed him to go to school, and that paid for his education, which led to, I think, like a 40-year career in advertising. So it's great. And there's a new thing that they're doing this year. This is why I'm doing an update today. They uh, just announced this. It's the 2020 BMW Championship hosting a nine-hole charity match featuring four of the top PGA Tour stars. There's Max Homa and uh, Colin Morikawa, who just won the PGA Championship, taking on Bryson DeChambeau and Kevin Na. And uh, it's Mr. Muscles and Kevin Na. By the way, you talk about a big dude and a skinny dude. Uh, Anyway, they're one team, and Colin Morikawa, one of the brightest stars on tour, and Max, uh, another rising star, Well, it's going to be fun. The match will take place on Wednesday on the back nine. That's Wednesday, August 26th. I realize when you're listening to this, you may be past that date, but if you're not, you'll at least get all this information and you'll be encouraged to help the Evans Scholars. It's going to take place on the back nine of the Olympia Fields Country Club's North Course. Uh, And those guys are going to be out there doing a a nine-hole charity match play tournament. Uh, And it's going to air on the uh, Golf Channel on PGA Tour Live on Golf TV internationally, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, Start time uh, is going to be 2 o'clock, so it'll probably run from about 2 to 4 Chicago time on Wednesday. In the meantime, the money from all of this goes to the Evans Scholars. The tour is going to kick in some money. There's sponsors for this nine-hole charity match, and honestly, it's a reminder for you on how you can help. If you want to learn more about the 2020 BMW Championship, you can go to their website, and uh, they would love to uh, have you do that. Find out more about what they're doing. In the meantime, you can go to the Western Golf Association's website, make a contribution there. So instead of giving you these, just Google them up. Western Golf Association, BMW Championship, Evans Scholars Foundation. All of those are great places to click, and you will be able to get your contribution made and maybe help a kid go to college because he was a great caddy. It's a cool program. It really is. All right, I thank you for listening, as always. And I want to remind you one more time, Apt Electronics is giving away gift cards. We're going to do it this way, or I should say we're doing it this way. And that is that you send me an email at thecochranshow at gmail.com. Give me three names of your friends and their emails. I'll send them a note and a link to the podcast just to see if they'd like to listen in exchange for that. In that original email, you're going to include your name and address, and I'm going to send you an app gift card just to say thank you for helping us build the audience for Live From My Office. Thanks again to David Hochberg and everybody at Team Hochberg, but mostly thanks to you for listening and subscribing. I'm Steve Cochran. Thanks again for listening to Live From My Office. Live From My Office is a service of Monkey Run Productions. All rights reserved. The podcast is hosted by Steve Cochran, and it's mixed, edited, and produced by me, Ross Cochran. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, and follow Steve on all social media channels. Get in touch with us directly with questions or comments about the show by emailing thecochranshow at gmail.com. Steve is available for corporate speaking gigs. He would love to emcee your event, and occasionally, he's funny. Thank you for listening. Head to CochranShow.com for more.